You're listening to Maybe You're Like Me, the transparent musings of a God girl chasing after her purpose. Maybe You're Like Me is a podcast for dreamers and doers who take life's lessons and level up to look more like Christ. We'll connect through super relatable stories, growing pains, and aha moments that most of us share, just not always out loud. I'm your host, Alicia Watson, creative entrepreneur, playwright, author, wife, mother, daughter of the king, and so much more. And I can't help but to think that maybe you're like me. Hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Maybe You're Like Me. How you doing? I'm great. It's been a while, right? I know. I know. I took an unexpected break for a few weeks and I'm about to take another one. Um, as I bring season one to an end with this episode, but don't fret because I'm dropping four bonus episodes this week. So if you miss my voice, you'll hear a lot of it over the next few days. Then I'll return in four weeks with season two and all new episodes, God willing. I want to get right into this conversation today because I have something that I have been tasked to share with you all. So maybe you're like me and you're staying ready. I want to say up front that I'm not all woo woo, you know, but a belief in God leads to a belief in the spiritual realm. And even though I don't receive them often, sometimes I have dreams and visions and I take them very seriously. I feel led to share a dream slash vision that I had last month. This particular vision was one that I thought was given to me as a creative idea for a short film. Wrong. It was a warning. So what was the vision? Well, I was in a room with people that I love. I couldn't see the specific faces of the people, but I could sense that there were children present. Um, The setting was like a storefront in a city. There was a glass door with raised blinds and a wide open wall of just glass windows across the front. It was night, so you could see in, but you couldn't really see out too well. Um, The space was dimly lit and the mood was chill. It was easy, breezy, you know, peaceful. I sat on a sofa facing the door and windows um, and there were people just kind of all around the room splattered about and all of us in the room were laughing and enjoying ourselves and just generally having a good time. Suddenly the door opens and in walks a short, older uh, white man in a brown leather jacket and a large man who was less distinctive like I could just feel his presence but I couldn't really see his face if you um, can picture that I just knew he was big he was just really big so the big man sits down on an armchair in front of me the smaller man comes straight to the sofa and sits down next to me and he's smiling sinisterly confidently almost mockingly and immediately I hop up and I start to back away like down this like hallway, I guess where like the bathrooms were or something, you know, just away from the couch because it's a pretty small room. Ironically, he's the scarier of the two for me. So as I'm backing away, I'm looking down at the man and he's just patting the seat where I was sitting saying, come sit back down. That evil smile never leaving his face. It's as if to say, I got you now. And I feel that. I start to panic. And I try to strategize a plan of defense and that's when I wake up, but I wasn't fully awake. You know how you like get in that like middle stage of dream consciousness. So like I'm out of the dream, but I'm conscious enough to keep going into the dream as my mind starts trying to figure out how to defend myself and these people that I love that were in this room, especially the children. I was thinking things like, 
okay, I could grab a gun, but where would I put the gun? Would it be under this counter or under the couch? Okay, um, what martial arts skills do I have? Or, or what fighting skills in general do I have? Like, how do I beat this guy? I felt physically troubled. My heart was racing. My mind was racing. My fight or flight was triggered. But what really stuck out to me were two particular feelings that I was experiencing, and those were regret and despair. I regretted that I wasn't better prepared, and I felt despair because time had run out to prepare, and I wasn't ready. I thought about that vision for days, and it didn't sit right with me at all. And it wasn't until I planned to watch Black is King that a flood of clarity came to me. My sister-in-law thinks of me as a card-carrying member of the Beehive. I won't go that far, but I do enjoy good bop from B. In fact, I usually pregame my photo and video shoots with Grown Woman or Flawless. I mean, just both songs, they really get me hyped. They put me in a super confident mood and, you know, I show up just feeling good about what's about to go down. In reality, B's voice is a part of the soundtrack of my life. I have memories attached to her songs as far back as No, 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 No and Bills, Bills, Bills. I'm not as attached to her, per se, as much as I am to her fun music, her hard work, her inspiring work ethic, and her ever-evolving artistry. So, like most, I settled in my mind that I was going to watch Black is King. I even thought about making it a thing and watching it together with my daughter and my goddaughter. But I felt God saying, you better not watch that, through gritted teeth. He woke me up out of my sleep the next day to have a discussion and referred back to that dream I described. Now, I'm not going to get into a discussion about Black is King, the imagery and all of that, because there are a ton of think pieces and discussions splattered all across the internet that are well-researched and easily accessible. But what I can say is that the admonishment and the preceding warning that I received were wake-up calls for me about how easily I can get distracted, how easily we all can get distracted, especially when it comes to spiritual things. In my opinion, even arguing about Black is King is a distraction. We get so smug and comfortable in our walk with God that we forget to continue to pursue a walk with God. It's a daily choice, a daily endeavor to stay connected and focused on what God is saying to you and telling you to do. We can get so caught up in being good Christians, spreading our opinion, bragging about what we don't do, say or watch that we end up in trouble when it matters most. That's what that vision showed me. You know what it reminded me of? Matthew 12, 43 through 45. And in the New Living Translation, it says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest, but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. It also reminded me of this, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. And this is also out of the New Living Translation. The kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look! The bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. 
All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. The five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. In essence, what I'm getting from that is that we have to stay ready so that we don't have to get ready. It made me start thinking, how could I have been better prepared in that vision? And I want to share with you what I kind of figured out. First of all, why were the doors unlocked? It was nighttime after all. Basically, we were too comfortable. We trusted that no harm would come to us because no harm had come to us until harm came to us. It's like living in a nice neighborhood where crime never happens until crime happens and everyone's just super surprised. You changed your internal surroundings. You found God in the Holy Spirit, but evil still knows where you live. It wants your stuff. So you're even more of a target now. You have to stay as vigilant as you were before you moved on up to the east side. Being in that deluxe apartment in the sky makes you stand out even more. If you're confident in your walk, you might feel that you can leave doors unlocked. You can watch what you wanna watch, read what you wanna read, and generally put yourself in situations where you might be the only one who shares your moral compass, but be careful, especially if you crowd out your quality time with God with these persons, places, and things. The danger may not have found you yet, but the more you put yourself at risk, the more probable it is that you'll slip up. You may not even realize that you're getting comfortable because by repeatedly putting yourself in these situations with nothing happening, your senses tend to relax more and more until you're just caught off guard. It's like a person slipping into an affair. First, it's just text. Then it's just a phone call. Then it's just coffee and just hanging out. And the more nothing happens, the more a false sense of self-control rises up, the closer you get to the line until it becomes an oops and you just fall over it. All because you trusted yourself and the other person too much to protect what you once felt was sacred. You unlocked doors that should have stayed locked, whether there was currently a threat or not. The fact is the possibility of a threat is reason enough to keep the door locked so you can protect what's inside. So... While all things are permissible, like watching a beautiful project for the artistry and for inspiration, you have to search your heart and check in with God to see if it would be beneficial for you. We are to be in the world, but not of it. We can go out into the world, but we need to be intentional about not letting the world, what's out there, get inside and inside of us. Because when it comes in, it's going to do damage. It's going to come in and knock stuff over and break your valuables because that's what evil does. It does not love or respect you. And just like with any other relationship, you have to keep things fresh and current with God. Think of it in terms of marriage. How long do you think a marriage will last if after the wedding, the couple does everything separately? They don't talk or check in with each other. They don't make plans for the future. They don't set goals with each other. They don't respect each other's feelings. That's how we are with God sometimes. We're committed to him in word, but not in action. Doing things without even considering his feelings or his plans for us or our future. A part of staying ready is staying current with God. 
What is he telling you to do in this season? The other part is obedience and action, faith plus works and all that jazz. Which leads me to the second way I could have been prepared, having a defense plan. In the dream and after the dream, I was most stressed because I didn't know how to defend against the attack that was real and present and imminent. I somehow knew the man that sat next to me and the man seemed to know me. I can't name him now, I can barely describe him, but the danger he posed felt real and it felt familiar. But I didn't feel ready to defend against him or his big friend. I had not been planning, I had not been training, I had not been preparing. I had no equipment to fight with, no gun, no nunchucks, nothing. I didn't take the threat seriously, so when it showed up, I wasn't ready. And worst of all, he knew that. He probably stood outside those huge, wide open glass windows plotting and planning while I was just comfortable and chilling none the wiser. We gotta remember that as believers, we do not fight against flesh and blood. The battle is spiritual. Beyond sensing the danger to myself in that moment, I felt especially troubled because there were people in the room that I love, people who could not fight for themselves, that I had been tasked with defending and who were about to suffer the consequences of my lack of preparedness and my failure to keep watch for them. So if you've listened long enough, you know that I believe that we all have a purpose as believers, that we who have found the Lord have been tasked to make disciples, to stand in the gap for others, to be God's hands and feet on the earth according to his will. This vision reminded me that when we're lax about our calling and our purpose, lax about staying ready, lax about being prayed up and being prepared to fight people who we love and whom we are responsible for may suffer the consequences right along with us. I definitely don't want that. Do you? Real talk, I wanna watch Black is King really bad, even still. I wanna marvel at the imagery. I wanna be able to contribute to the relevant conversation all over the internet and in person. I wanna learn the dances and sing the lyrics. I wanna be inspired by um, her artistry for my own artistry. I wanna feel the feelings that everyone felt when they watched it. I feel like the kid who couldn't go to the sleepover because my parents are overprotective. Everyone else gets to enjoy things and it doesn't feel fair, but everyone else might not have your call and everyone else might not have the same level of spiritual responsibility for others. So no, I won't compromise that for pretty visuals, dope beats or vocals, or to be up on things. It's just not worth it for me. It's not even worth a conversation about why it's not worth it for me. What I'm focusing on is staying ready, keeping distractions to a minimum, keeping my house swept clean and my doors locked. I think readiness looks different for all of us and it looks different through different seasons of our lives. But I do know that it starts with and is sustained by staying current with God. Read your Bible, pray, meditate on scripture, praise and worship, show and speak gratitude and seek his wisdom and knowledge on a regular basis. We'll all be better for it as a body if we all stay ready in our own ways. Well, that's all I have for you today. If you're like me, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at the Alicia Watson, send a DM and let's chat. If you know someone who's like us, please share this episode with them. Um, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to find podcasts. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who has taken a moment to do all of that, as well as those who text me directly to tell me that you love the podcast and that I'm not alone. Um, that's my goal to ensure that we all can connect because none of us are alone 
actually. And there's absolutely hope and victory in all of our futures. I hope you have a magnificent week, fam. Thanks again. Okay. Bye.